What's up, guys? Welcome back. It's 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor Chat with you guys every day about the best game in the world, Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Ben Bateman. I host the Masters of Modern podcast along with Alex Kessler on Collected.Company, and we talk modern every single week on that show and every single day on this show as this is the official anchor station of that show. So here I am to talk to you guys today about a piece of news that broke this morning regarding the future of competitive play at Grand Prix, the way that they have updated things to be going here on out. So... Let's talk about first what's going on with the Grand Prix schedule. The second half was published, and uh, it's pretty interesting. You know, there's there's definitely some some good things here. There's some not as good things here. But bottom line is there's not a whole lot of individual modern Grand Prix in the United States. Um, there's a decent number worldwide. Uh, as Hagen Kirk, the uh, new moderator of the Masters of Modern Facebook group, suggested in his Facebook post, well, it's probably because the SCG Tour has focused so much on modern in the last six months that they wanted to make sure the Grand Prix circuit was featuring other formats and, and highlighting them. So you definitely have some highlights uh, in standard. I'm, I'm looking forward to the fact that there's a Seattle and a Los Angeles Grand Prix. I'll probably attend both of those. Um, there are still five, count them, five, oh, four. There are four legacy Grand Prix still listed. And finally, in modern, you've got uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve individual Grand Prix, but not a whole lot in the United States. The ones that we do have are Las Vegas in June, you have Providence, Rhode Island in July, you have Atlanta in November, and Portland in December. I will attend a couple of those, definitely. You also have some Team Modern, and uh, there there is uh, Team Unified Modern in Sydney, Detroit, and Liverpool. The Detroit-Michigan one is in September. Uh, that's exciting. I'll definitely be doing that again as this last year. That was a tremendous amount of fun playing with Steve St. Clair and Ryan Sconard in the official Masters of Modern Team uh, Modern Tournament. I imagine we'll probably do something similar to what we did last year again next year. It was one of the most fun things that we got to do, specifically I got to do. Um, other changes that have come with this announcement. Day one of Grand Prix, as long as they aren't limited, have now been cut to eight rounds. As opposed to the nine round, where previously you had to go seven, two, or better to make day two, they adjusted that recently to, to six, three, or better. Now it's just going to be six, two, or better. And I have to say, as somebody who's played in a great number of modern tournaments and magic tournaments over the years, the difference of one round is everything. Um, I love playing in PPTQs where there's six rounds. You know, the old, the old uh, PTQ system was sometimes you'd go and there'd be so many people there you'd play eight rounds or something like that and only one person would advance right well in a grand prix it's really nice now that you're only going to have to play eight rounds and a whole lot more than one person advances to day two uh the difference of one round does make an enormous difference when you get past that six round threshold you just you're the, the wear and tear on your body the recycled air especially in those places uh, i always feel like i've you know like i've been uh, partying all weekend by the end of one day at a grand prix so Glad to see that that change was made. Other things that happened in this announcement that are interesting, RPTQ invites have changed. They've expanded. So uh, if you finish high in an RPTQ, they are now expanding more invitations uh, to a, you know, if a smaller attendance will still result in a higher number of invites to uh, further further RPTQs. Um, last, a couple different promo cards were premiered this morning. The uh, the 2018 Grand Prix promo card is going to be Mutavault, which is awesome. It's a modern staple. It looks great. The art is wonderful. The art is done by John Avon, and it is beautiful. I, I recommend checking that one out. The other big thing that was announced is the RPTQ promo for the upcoming season was announced. I think it was just announced. 
I mean, if it had been announced in a previous thing and I missed it, uh, forgive me, but I am seeing this art for the first time and I can't imagine that this would have been a thing. This now adds to the list of the several cards that have been printed as RPTQ promos, Snapcaster Mage, Liliana of the Veil, Noble Hierarch. Um, they're special cards and they're really, really cool versions with beautiful art and it, it really, it makes me happy to know that there is a really awesome chase version of each of these staples that's out there that if I want to get my hands on, there's a story behind where this card came from. I think that's really cool. Um, I love when there's kind of a, a qualification, a special reason that a special kind of promo exists. So I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, that pretty much covers, though, the big announcements of what's going on with them. So, guys, as always, thanks for listening. It is 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor. I appreciate you guys listening. And, you know... If you happen to be hearing this on some medium other than Anchor, you guys have heard me do the spiel before, but do me a favor, download anchor.fm. It's a free app. It's like Twitter meets podcasting, but instead of tweeting at me, you call directly into the station. I get to feature your call and respond to it. Alex and I do it all the time. Um, it's how we keep the station going. So do me a favor, download the app. Otherwise, guys, thanks for listening and find me on Twitter, Ben Bateman Media. Let's talk soon. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. It's 10 Minutes of Modern here on Anchor. Chat with you guys every day about the best game in the world, Magic the Gathering. I got a little more, little more content stuff to talk to you guys about today on today's episode of the show. Earlier, talked about some of the Grand Prix announcements and the, uh, the big news that's been coming out in the modern world. Well, guys, along the same lines and functionally in the same announcement came some news about another reprinting of Noble Hierarch. Well, Noble Hierarch is a card that has on, been on people's minds. By the way, this is the RPTQ uh, promo printing, so it's not like a... This is not a premiere printing of it that's going to be available widely. This is a special release promo. So, um, however, what that does mean, guys, is that this card is on the radar as a chase card. Wizards knows they need to continue printing because it's very expensive. It's one of the most expensive cards. Now, is modern too expensive of a format for a new player to get into? This is a conversation that has been addressed on our podcast several times. And what it ultimately comes down to is there's a couple answers to that question. Um, because modern staples distinctly fit into several different categories. They're not all one category, right? Like, good example of what I'm talking about is you have modern staples that if you want to get into the format, you need to be able to have sets of several, right? This is going to include fetch lands, shock lands, pieces of removal, uh, some of the staple creatures. These are cards that in, in a lot of cases have seen multiple reprintings and are, are continue to be very expensive. Snapcaster, Mage, Tarmogoyf, Hierarch fetches, so on and so forth. Then there's cards like currently Chalice of the Void. Now, Chalice of the Void is $80. And we saw a reprinting of Chalice of the Void in 2013, mind you. Now, it has only seen two printings ever, but it's been rare at both printings. I guess because print runs being smaller back then, the fact that it was originally rare in 2003 shouldn't make a difference because any card that's hard to find that's only been printed once from back then to now you know, that's still going to be expensive. But the fact that they kept it at Rare when they reprinted it in 2013 is a good thing. We need another Chalice of the Void printing, and we need it soon. Because, in reality, that card's, that card's price is dependent entirely on the current metagame. Which, like, nobody really wants that type of thing, right? Engineered Explosives, same kind of deal. It's 50 bucks. Engineered Explosives, I looked down when I looked back up, that thing was $50. I can't believe that. That card used to be... $12, $8. I had I had a bunch of them, you know? So I, I think there's a difference between the kind of cards, and, and you see it, like, 
Alex and I talked about this at one point, but I remember when the second Modern Masters came out and they reprinted several cards. One of them was another printing of Cryptic Command. Another was Daybreak Coronet. Well, Daybreak Coronet was a card that at that point had only seen one printing and it was a rare and future site. At the time of the printing, it was $22. It dropped the four or five bucks. It's never gone back up because it's only played in one deck and that deck is a fringe tier two deck anyway. The point is, guys, in my opinion, there are several different kinds of reprintings. There's the kind of reprinting that, is, that has to be done in an incredibly intelligent way by Wizards, where they're staggering the printing of a staple because they want to make sure there are chase cards that keep the value of the format high. It's okay, in my opinion, to have certain cards like Liliana of the Veil vale and Tarmogoyf and Hierarch be expensive. I don't ever want those cards getting over a hundred bucks. I'm glad to see that in a lot of cases, modern staples have settled in the like 50 to $80 range. The lands concern me. The lands have always concerned me. Um, you know, you definitely don't want to have to get sets of cards, multiple sets of cards for a deck where it's going to end up costing you, I don't know, 200, two to 400 bucks for a place out of one land. Now you're looking at having to play two, you know, two play sets of similarly costed fetches plus your shocks. If your mana base is going to start to get you into that like six, seven, eight hundred dollar range, it's a pretty prohibitive cost for a new player to get into the format. Whereas, you know, if you if you are trying to get a playset, for instance, of Dark Confidence, if you do that online, it will cost you, I don't know, 160 bucks maybe, and it's one of the most important cards in your deck. I'm okay with 30, 40, 50 bucks. It's, it's in the 70, 80, 90, 100, 150 range that I think it starts to get dangerous. So there's a smart team of people at Wizards who are coming up with these reprints and figuring out the ones that they need to focus on. But I do think it's important to remember, you know, something like Engineered Explosives doesn't need to be, like you don't need to spend a lot of money on something like an Engineered Explosives. Because in reality, if you need to play it right now, try to find a way to borrow it. If you can't borrow it, buy it and resell it because those cards those inflated cards like chalice of the void they won't maintain their value long term they just won't because wizards doesn't want them to they don't want those cards to be the price they are so that's my opinion on the subject guys i encourage you to call in because a lot of people have strong opinions on the subject download anchor.fm find the station 10 minutes modern call in i'll share your call and respond to it as always guys thanks for listening